0: Beneath the clothes, we find a man and beneath the man, we find his nucleus. Hello, everybody, and welcome to A Uh Once again, I will apologize for the weird random noises that you hear. As is the case, sometimes I have to take the show on the road. And that is literally what I am doing right now. I am on the road. So, a few things to talk about. I want to review the second episode of The Last of Us. But before I get there, I did want to talk about a couple of other things that are semi-relevant, uh, that are going on in pop culture and society. Um, one of them being the Grammys. <laughs> um, I have don't think in my entire life I can't remember a single time checking in on the Grammys, um, not because I don't love music. It's just award shows in general are not something that I'm into. Probably uh, there was a point in time in my life where I did watch the Oscars every once in a great while. But uh, I don't know. Award shows for any award shows just seem boring and and pointless and uh so to me the grammys are the same way you know obviously this uh stunt that they pulled with uh this artist that i don't listen to sam something i sam smith uh you know they did what what they were trying to do it was a stunt and it garnered attention and it garnered um you know people looking and uh, you know making a big deal of it but I, i i don't i guess to me it's like what's what's the point it literally it is something that will be forgotten next week uh for as much hoopla as it uh garnered and generated, uh, maybe even, or especially among my Christian brothers and sisters, I guess my point is, you know, the Grammys is something that you can control, meaning it's not something that you have to allow into your home. So all the outrage and, and craziness that I'm seeing from people online, I get it. I I don't, I believe in criticism. I think things should be criticized for sure, but it is one of those few options that you have to keep your family away from, you know, watching or, or giving viewership to something like that. So I just, I think the silliness surrounding the performance and the celebration of whatever it is that they were celebrating, you know, which looked pretty satanic to me and it looked, you know, it's been popping up on my feed. I think all that stuff can be dismissed and it should be dismissed. I think the most powerful thing that people can do is just to turn away from it and not give it any attention. I think that's the way that you take power from many, many things. Uh, When it comes to uh, culture and thought, um, I think that's the best way to approach that kind of stuff. Now, granted, there are cases uh, uh, since we're going to go let, let's go into controversy territory for a little bit. Uh, there are other things that come into your life where you don't get an option other than to completely go nuclear on whatever the said thing is. And in this case, I'm talking about uh, Disney Plus, for example. There's so many great things on Disney Plus, so many classic uh you know nostalgic things that are on Disney Plus that you would definitely want to sit down and enjoy with your kids. And then there's something like The Proud Family uh which you have no choice over. It it gets put on there and it is now an option and it gets put under the banner of family a family show and a kids show on top of that. And then this season, I don't know which episode, maybe it might be the first or it might be a couple into it, but in this season it you know the the animated characters go into a crazy scat rant about slavery. And the entire thing is parodying and puppeting the 1619 project, you know, which those people are grifters, uh, through and through. And the, you know, the entire rant is like a minute long, uh, revisionist history explanation of a very complex issue. You know, the, the issue of slavery, uh, in the United States. So that is more alarming and way more concerning to me than the Grammys. The Grammys, I can just not play and not give it any attention. The Proud family, my kids might accidentally scroll through, look at the animation, see it as interesting, hit it, and then all of a sudden be hit with, uh, you know, misinformation. And so my option there is to just completely nuke the service and i i don't think that should be the only option um again so let's roll into the other things that are going on you know this brings me into the which is not something that i was going to talk about but again this this uh you know my my talks my rants here they they take me into all kinds of places but it brings to mind some of the issues that are going on with Disney there has been a report that uh there is a fella out there i think his name's Natel i could be saying that wrong who i guess has a tendency to put himself on various boards of companies and he is a capitalist through and through and he will clean house and attempt to make whatever said company he will attempt to take over and then bring it back to some kind of profitability i believe that's probably an oversimplification of what's happening but the rumors are out there is that this fella is attempting to get on the disney board And in order to do that, he is trying to convince the board to kick a member out so they can then nominate him. So then he can come in and make significant changes to Disney. Uh, All this came up because Disney is in major, major trouble. Not a lot of uh, it's not being spoken of in the general media and even a lot of business, uh, you know, media uh, business centered media are not really talking about it, but if you want to test what I'm saying, do yourself a favor, go back and look at the last six years of profitability for the Disney company. You will see, for example, Avenger, the Avengers movie, Avengers, uh, one and two, you know, end game and, and, um, Uh, I forgot what the other one was right now, but basically the two Avengers movies that tied into one another made a significant amount of money. They did really well for the company, but after that you don't get another big hit from Disney and from the Marvel side at all. The last time there were, and you can't count a lot. I, I saw this online and I was arguing with people. You can't count. Spider-Man No Way Home, which made almost $2 billion in its theatrical run, you can't count that in the Disney coffers because Disney did not make that movie. Sony made that movie. So the lion's share of the revenue goes to Sony. Now, Disney does get a piece of it, but when I say it's a minuscule piece, uh, it it is exactly that. I mean, They may maybe estimates are that they made a hundred million from that outing. And you might think, well, that's a lot of money, you know, for them doing nothing, but it's actually not a lot of money. Um it's it's a it's a drop in the bucket of what they made with their own properties, you know, at, at around, well, before that time, like I was saying, but after that, everything that comes out later is not profitable at all so we're talking eternals black widow shang chi thor love and thunder um if i'm missing anything here just uh, oh doctor strange multiverse of madness not a single one of those movies was profitable for the company and you you look at the numbers and you go well how's that possible i mean uh Doctor Strange made almost a billion dollars. Uh Thor: Love and Thunder made seven hundred million, you know, plus dollars. The problem is, is those movies are expensive to create and they're expensive to market. So, if you're making a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar movie, and then you're spending that amount to market the movie, you're already five hundred million in the hole, and for you to to report that the movie made 700 million well that's just that's not profitable at all you know you you might break even some of those movies might break even but a lot of those movies did not yes there was definitely a pandemic for sure but some of those movies were intended to actually bring money on the back end through disney plus subscriptions and that didn't happen either you know one of the things that has been reported is that uh disney plus is in deep trouble as are most stream. you know most all streaming services for the exception of amazon uh you know video amazon video like i've said before is not reliant on subscriptions they already have it baked in To anybody that has Amazon Prime and Amazon Prime is so easy to have and maintain that most people don't even think about it what do you get with Amazon Prime well you get free Kindle books you get free videos and movies and you get free music yes you're paying for all of that through your Amazon Prime subscription but at the same time you're paying pennies compared to the other streaming services because all that stuff's already bundled into your Amazon prime and you have access to all that other stuff. It just makes it a a no brainer for people. So people are happy to have free shipping and then, you know, have all these other things tagged on as well. And Amazon never has to worry about getting more subscribers specifically for their music, for their video you know, or anything else because it's already baked in it. It is connected to a physical real world thing. Disney, Netflix, Hulu, all those other guys do not have any of those options at all. It is strictly over the air content and they have to try to figure out how to compete with pirating and other services And, you know, they've landed themselves in a really bad spot. So all of the streaming services are now switching over to a hybrid model where you get ads, which goes back to the old school way of doing business for television and movies. You need some kind of foundational revenue stream to hold up and maintain all the things that you're interested in creating and producing. And in this case, it's always been advertising. Trying to get away from the advertising model was never going to work. Trying to get away from the TV model was never going to work. And I believe that I spoke about this last week, maybe the week before, but cable was very good for Disney, Fox, Hulu, HBO—they didn't have to pay for the infrastructure. In fact, they got paid. You know, the the various cable companies laid down all that infrastructure. They would do the legwork of going out to get business, and then once they got the business, then they would go ahead and turn around and pay all those services, you know, for for their content. Um. It was, there was a point in time where streaming was cheaper than cable, but now if you were to go ahead and have a subscription to every single, um, streaming service that's available, the monthly bill would end up being far more expensive than when you would pay for cable to have all that stuff readily available in one single service, whether, you know, it's, uh, uh, direct TV or Cox or any of that other, you know, any of the other ones that are available out there, which is, and again, and those had, uh, advertising attached to them. So it's pretty wild that, that we're not able to get away from that model. Either you resign yourself to giving everything away for free. If you're a company at the end of the day, or you resign yourself to losing money, hemorrhaging money, as you have this need to produce new shows, or you try to live within the means of what is available to you, you know, meaning you're Disney Plus, you've got 250 million subscribers that are paying you a monthly uh, you know monthly uh, for a monthly service. And you calculate what the what your expenses are versus what you're taking in, and you figure out business wise how to balance all of that to keep a happy medium. I think that there's a way. Honestly, I think one of the things that a lot of these streaming services could do is take away, bring back, take away, bring back things that already exist. I think. I think uh it would be like a sleight of hand trick but you know if you have um i don't know uh, uh let's say you have a captain captain america you know on uh, on disney plus all of a sudden you take it away for a couple of months uh you loan it out to someone else and you make some money off of that and then you bring it back in a big flare you know kind of way and people are grateful again to have captain america to be able to watch and you know uh, humans are like that humans are nostalgic and they also want what they can't get in the moment so maybe in that way you keep people on or you bring people back um that might be one way you know that it works but yeah, they got to figure something out. Ads are probably not going to work for the general population. It will work for some people, but for example, it didn't work for me. Uh, I got the chance to get it for free through work, but I didn't want any ads. We, like our family, didn't want to sit through ads. If you're watching a show like Bluey, which by the way, highly recommend. It is one of the greatest cartoons that has ever been created, in my opinion. Hilarious family of, uh, of, uh, Australian sheepdogs, but, um, you know, that's a, that's a seven to nine minute show on average. That's how quick those shows are. Uh, I think season one is 52 episodes, you know, at seven to eight minutes, you don't want an ad in the middle of that, that will just completely break up the entire vibe of the story. Now with, other, you know, other shows like something like uh, Superman and Lois, or The Flash on the CW, or you know, any anything like that. Those are those are literally structured to have break breakaway moments to you know. And now, here's a word from our sponsor, type deal. But with streaming, you've preconditioned the audience not to be used to that, and in fact. In many ways, you kind of save the audience from having to suffer through that. So to try to send people back in that direction and to charge them for it, you're kind of insane. Like it's not going to work. Nobody's going to pay nine bucks a month to have access to your library and also to have to sit through some kind of 30, 40 second, you know bread commercial or butter commercial or whatever or or pfizer commercial like it's it's not gonna happen so a lot of controversies out there i kind of went uh, far afield uh what i was talking about with disney and specifically that fella that is trying to get himself on the board it's a very aggressive move apparently. I barely understand the reasoning behind uh or n- not the reasoning but the the machine parts uh in that potential takeover there's definitely been some and this is not like a uh a wishful thinking uh you know story. This is actually a legitimate thing that is being reported by several different news sites that this guy is attempting to convince the board to kick a board member out so that he can get himself on the board. And then he would make some pretty dramatic, dramatic changes. Because I think the other thing about this fella is that he's a major, major shareholder in Disney. And from what my limited knowledge and understanding of that, the way that that goes is if you hold the majority shares in a company, then you have uh, a lot of, saying power on what gets done with the company and the direction that the company goes. I've always found it very strange that you can start a company. You can make it public, meaning you can allow people to buy in on the company and have shares. And then somebody can kick you out of your own company, which has happened a lot, you know, over, over the years since that started uh, it's a very strange business model, not n- to me, not all of capitalism makes sense. Uh, you know, I, I'm very basic in my understanding of capitalism, uh, which is if I have some eggs and you need eggs, you can buy eggs from me or we can barter in some other way. If I need milk or whatever, uh, once you start getting currency into it, my Basic understanding is as long as that currency is backed by something, you know, in most cases, gold, then, you know, that makes sense. And let's go, let's move forward with our transaction. But um yeah, this whole thing of taking over a company and, uh, you know, the reasonings. Well, uh, and here's another thing that is floating out there is that, and this one, I don't know if, if this is legit or not or wishful thinking by some people, because I do think there are a lot of people out there that are rooting for the destruction and the fall of companies like Disney. I'm not, I mean, not, not only I'm not biased because I work there. I'm not rooting for it to fall because I appreciate the foundations of what it was built on and and the reasons for it. I may not, if I look deep into Walt Disney and his history might not agree with the guy on many things, but the basic principles and foundation of why Disney was built and what his intent was or Disneyland rather. Yeah. 100%. I, I love it. I love it. I, I agree with it. You know, a place where families, you know, young and old can come together and appreciate magic, you know, in as far as people can build it with their imaginations and then also Disney studio and and the movies that they've you know that has come through their uh it, i just I, I don't want that to go away I, you know I don't want the, the company to be stagnant either i want the company to have growth um a lot of people correctly in my opinion pointed out that when Disney went on its on its purchasing run and they Bought Pixar, Lucasfilm, Marvel. That wasn't a period of growth, of intellectual property growth. That was a period of intellectual property gains. Uh, it was what was done with some of those after the fact. You know, uh Pixar had a, a really incredible run, I think like a 10-year, amazing 10-year run of profitability and storytelling. Same thing with Marvel. We've not seen the same thing with uh Lucasfilm and Star Wars, which is the other thing that I was going to say. The rumor of the day is that Disney might be looking to offload Lucasfilm to some you know potential buyer. I cannot see that happening i mean I don't even that doesn't even make sense for me uh to me uh in a business you know way you have Disney has invested so much time and money into physical representations of that universe in their parks and in merchandise. Uh, And I also have a very tough time believing that they are not making profit on star Wars in other ways. I think they're just not getting what they want, which is, and you know, maybe sorry to say that this is a fact, but um movies make a big, big deal and Star Wars has been out of the public's, you know, eye when it comes to movies for the last uh, what is it four years, five years since we had a, a Star Wars movie. We've had a lot of Star Wars content. There's been Mandalorian Bobo, F- book of Boba Fett, uh, the Ahsoka movies coming out. We've had, uh, you know, S- Star Wars, um, clone wars. And we've had a lot of, a lot of Star Wars on, on streaming, but, uh, and then we've had some crazy rumors, which I was talking to Kenji about the other day that I could not believe that this is some of the practices that people do. There's a, uh, what am I talking about? There's a writer named uh, Damon Lindoff, uh, famous for uh, old TV show Lost. He also uh, wrote HBO's uh, Watchmen. Uh, You know, there was another Watchmen uh, TV show. Anyway, the guy announced that he was working on a Star Wars project, and turns out that... Lucasfilm never approached him about working on a Star Wars project but his team announced that he was working on a Star Wars movie and apparently that is a that is something that gets done in the business as a way to generate interest for the writer or director that they will declare that they are working on a project and then that project somehow they're able to wish it into reality once it gets put out in the trades then the company you know that is purported to be um you know the company that owns the property or the ip will say oh okay well let's take a look and see what you got and And the whole intent of that is to make the person look more desirable to the rest of the, the business. Uh, what? Like that, that works. It, I I can't normally I have a, uh, uh, probably a misplaced analogy that I throw out there at this point that I tend to do with my kids and and with my wife and with other people. And they just roll their eyes because they're like, dude, that's not even their correct analogy. But on this one, I I've got nothing. I don't even understand how you can make a declaration that you're working on something and it not be true. And the company that you declare it about have it not be true, but then they somehow go, well, uh, okay, let's, let's take a look. (laughs) Is Uh, is that the um uh, <laughs> is that the epitome of the uh what is that the secret <laughs> where you uh you put it out in the universe and the universe responds back with like okay let's let's do it then <laughs> so weird man i don't I don't understand that at all, but uh anyway yeah that's uh one of the rumors is that uh Lucasfilm is in a bit of a pickle. When it comes to the fact that they haven't created, uh, they they haven't had a movie in over four to five years. Uh, that's an issue. Another issue is uh, pr- uh, various projects being, uh, you know, spoken of that actually have no bearing on exist on reality. And then the other rumor is that there is a good chance that Kathleen Kennedy, who is currently the head of Lucasfilm, will be out of a job this summer. That one, I don't know if it's wishful thinking from people or if it's a legitimate thing that is going to happen. I I would say normally that that's wishful thinking. Uh, a lot of people and I think correctly, you know, I've, I've looked it over and thought about it and I think people are right to, to criticize her and to say that a lot of the woes that have happened in star wars, you know, they lie at her feet. Um, There's just no getting around that she is the, you know, she's the head of the ship and uh, she's the captain of the ship anyway. But, I will try to be fair to her in this regard. And I will say that um, she is not working in a vacuum. And I think a lot of people forget that she, when before Lucasfilm was um, sold to Disney, it was under the direction rule and thumb of Lucas, George Lucas. Um, So he had the, the veto power on any project that she proposed brought up was going to oversee and produce. But, um, you know, it it was like a one-to-one, uh, deal where she was only having to deal with, with this one person, and this one person's opinions and thoughts on the matter. That's not the case anymore. Now she is part of a, large corporation that has many different moving parts and you might have Bob Iger, Bob Chapick up at the top and they might be your boss, but they have to delegate things. So you might find yourself with two or three other bosses, even though you're technically a boss in your own, right in your own little bubble, you know, Lucasfilm in this case, but Bosses come in many different forms and influence comes in many different forms. So if you're sitting there trying to make a decision on where the next outing is going to be and you have a uh, business, uh, you know, a, a finance person, you've got a uh Art direction person, you've got a, I don't know, like you've got two or three more people that deal with, oh, with merchandise and consumer products. And, you know, so now you've got to coordinate with all of those people as you're trying to figure out this project and work out how it's going to launch. And you get pushback from any of those other, because, they're not under you. If you're Kathleen Kennedy, you're not their boss, those other departments. They are within their own rights, they are co-bosses and have just as much say in whatever project it is that you're looking to, to launch as you do, because they have to consider the financial impact of what it is that you're trying to put out there. So if it doesn't work for those other departments, you don't get a thumbs up and a go ahead on the thing that you're trying to put out there and that's the problem with large companies you know as opposed to a uh, uh, one guy that you have to go to and the entire company is that guy and that guy says well you know this might we might not be able to make children's books out of this or we might not be able to make tumblers and sweaters out of this but this should still move forward. We should still do this. A prime example is Matt Reeves, the Batman. The, that movie is as hard PG 13 as you can possibly make it like it. It teetered on the verge of rated R. You cannot sell toys for that movie. I mean, I would walk into my local warm Walmart, you know, or Target. And I always walk the toy aisles to see what's going on. And inevitably, what you will find discounted are Batman, the Batman toys, Buzz Lightyear toys, Jurassic Park toys. Like those are the things that are easy to find and are readily available all the time. Because fi- financially, when it comes to toys, they just don't make any sense. So there are projects that you're not going to be able to make toys out of. You, you can make high-end toys of certain things. There's a, uh, what my buddy, producer Chris, uh, called a, a pretty hardcore and disgusting movie that he loved called Terrifier 2, which is based on some psychotic clown. You might be able to get away with making a high-end sideshow hot toy out of that you know, super detailed, very posable for high-end collectors. We're talking th- starting at $300 with, uh, various cool accessories. And it's something that, that you can use as a art model and, you know, or it's just something that you can have, a, a, you know, for display and, and look at proudly, but th- that's not how they make their money. It's like my location, um, We're in the top 10. Our artwork is in the top 10 of money makers every single month, but you're going to make more money with a $5 postcard than you are going to make with us because a $5 postcard is, you know, an easier uh, pill to swallow than a, uh, you know, 60 to a hundred dollars sketch from one of us. It's the same thing with the toys. Like you're going to put out the Batman and you're going to make money on the big screen, but you're going to make way more money on the merch. But if the, if the merch doesn't make any sense, then you're not going to make any money on the merch with certain movies. Like again, you're not going to make top gun toys because most people are not kids are not going to go watch that movie. That's an all adults movie, you know, not because it had adult content in it, but because the nostalgic aspect of it and the entire premise of it it lends itself for adults that are familiar with that property. So you're just not going to have, you know, F-16 fighter toys and and the little pilots and all that. Like it, the the average kid is going to be like, I don't know what that is. I have no interest and no desire other than kids who love airplanes, for example. Um, so you know, it, it, just certain movies don't lend themselves to to toy production. Um, so Kathleen Kennedy is having to consider and has an uphill battle you know with a bunch of different uh you know departments so like i said not everything i think can be laid at, at her feet and and can be said is her fault that being said you are the leader of that particular boat and you have to be strategic and smart in what your projects are that you're going to put out um I would argue that whether George Lucas meant for this to be the case or not Star Wars morphed into a family-oriented movie I it certainly has family-oriented themes you know um adoption abandonment um uh, father issues uh you know loss of of uh, and not knowing of a mother, longing for family, longing for connection, the hero's journey. There's so many great themes in Star Wars, you know, as well as you make a you make the family that is around you when you don't have your biological family around you. Um <clears throat> you know, the resurrection of faith and hope, you know. In the form of of the Jedi and the Force, like the so there's a lot of really great themes that are that are being juggled, you know, in that property. And to me, it's a no-brainer that you would continue those themes. It, you know, it's uh, there's a uh, what's the term? I, I, it's like skinning. You're you're like you you take something that already exists, like a car wrap. Like you take something that already exists, a car shape, and then you wrap it in something really cool. They can keep doing that with Star Wars over and over again. Like you, you don't have to completely reinvent the Star Wars wheel. You have to look at the recipe. And I talk about this a lot. You got to look at the recipe of what you have and then lean into that recipe and you will always create a successful cake or a successful meal. And does that mean that you don't have the opportunity to delve off into other recipes you know with the basic ingredients sure but remember what got you there in the first place you know the thing that got you there was uh access to and catering to families and themes that are universal that tran- translate across multiple cultures and you know uh in that regard yeah uh, if Kathleen Kennedy goes by the summertime, I don't know if that'll be a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people will celebrate that and be like, yay, you know, the problem is finally done. I guess that's the point that I'm getting at. The problem is not the people that have been in the position for 20 years now, 20, 30 years, 15 years, whatever. The problem might be that they did not, they were not savvy enough to look around them and to see the new people that were coming in that were pushing agendas that didn't align with the thing that they were trying to make. And they didn't stop it fast enough, you know, like a Kathleen Kennedy, a Bob Iger, uh, you know, any, put in any head of any studio, Kevin Feige. They didn't hit the brakes quick enough on this capture that was happening to them. And now they're left to literally deworm the carcass, you know, or the near carcass They They don't have a healthy body. They've got a, a body that is severely sick and is full of parasitic, you know, entities that they have to try to take out in time and get this thing back to health you know, Marvel Lucasfilm, there is no superhero fatigue. I, that keeps, that's one of the ways that the entertainment news sites, um, try to justify what is happening with the lack of, of, you know, fans, uh, bringing in the money and, 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 uh, interacting with these beloved properties. Like that, that's just not the case. You don't have superhero fatigue. You have message fatigue. That's the problem. I mean, look, I was going to review, uh, the last of us episode two, and I might get to it, but let me jump forward just a little bit and say episode three was a total screeching halt on episode one and two that were building tension and we're building, in my opinion, we're building the right, um, uh, sort of intrigue and, and, and like, you know, tension and, and storytelling, uh, it, it was, it, it was going in the right direction for me. And then episode three came and it was just like, argh, like, just stopped dead. Gave me a story that I'm not interested in. And, and to be fair, uh. I will. I will tell you, the the episode three story was uh, a gay love story. I'm already not interested in heterosexual love stories. I'm. It's not my thing. Like, you'll catch me every once in a while with what they what people call rom com, where I can you know go see some hijinks and that are funny and there's a love story wrapped around that. Fine, whatever. But if you're talking about a straight up love story, it's just. It's not my thing. And does that mean that I don't like love? No, I love love. I love my wife. I love, you know, I love real world love. I'm just not really interested in the drama of love up on the big screen. Just like I'm not interested in a depressing reality, like uh, all quiet on the Western front. I'm good. Thanks. There's enough sadness already happening in the world where I don't have to go watch something that's going to make me sob like a baby. Um, so episode three of, of, uh, the last of us, my personal opinion, you can skip it. I here, I'm going to spoil this right now. The whole point of episode three is that the main characters, Joel and Ellie get a car so they can travel to Wyoming. There you go. I feel no sadness in spoiling that. (laughs) That is the entire gist of episode three. And then episode four gets moving again, back into what it's supposed to be. Um, My biggest fear for this, uh, for this season so far is that it is quickly devolving into humans against humans, which there was enough of that already with uh, walking dead. And I only, I only saw season six of the walking dead because i actually had a project that i had to work on so i had to familiarize myself with all the characters and the situations from that specific season but i can tell you right now the problem in walking dead were not the zombies the problem in walking dead were the humans i don't need that oh that theme over and over again i already know how crappy we can be to one another i already know how savage and relentless we can be towards one another I would actually rather see people coming together and trying to like unify to fight off this real world. In this case, you know, the cordyceps mushroom, uh, you know, infection. I'd rather see people getting together to actually fight that off and try to, you know, uh, what it would look like to rebuild the system of government that would be, um, you know there would be uh, uh, the best for the citizenship within these little cities that they that they have to you know build and maintain for one another. I don't really uh, you know humans being crappy on top of them also having to deal with hunger, you know like famine and and water shortages and you know and and these creatures that are mindless out there that are are all they're looking to is feed off of human beings and replicate themselves it's just like ugh, it's all so exhausting so based on episode four if that's the direction they're going to go to i know where i'm going to end up landing with this series as far as my recommendation goes and i got to tell you again i'm i'm telling you episode one and two i thought were excellent it was building the right kind of tension, building the right kind of fear. We got to see the monsters in episode two, which I thought great design. I like really something different, you know, from your typical, uh, zombie apocalypse, which uh, again, one of the things that I really like about this particular zombie, uh, you know, style of, of storytelling is that you're not dealing with a magical undead thing. You're dealing with something that a, a real affront to humans, that something biologically has taken over and hijacked, you know, the human system and against the human's will is now spreading itself from person to person. To me, that is far more terrifying, far more relevant, uh, far more realistic, you know, uh, and if you're, if you're not going to introduce magic into, you know, the, the storytelling, the way that, that the undead are, they are magic, and there should always be a magic component to that. Um, then this, this direction is the way to go. I, I love it. I think it's awesome. So I can't recommend episode one and two enough You know, I think that they're great. Episode three was a complete break, screeching halt for me that had no bearing on the story, had no interest for me at all, other than it was fun to see Ron Swanson again, you know, one of my favorite characters. And, you know, uh, Nick Offerman, say what you will, but that guy is always Nick Offerman, no matter what part he's playing in or what direction he's taking his character in. Which he's fun to watch, but, um, but yeah, (laughs) sorry, but uh, yeah, episode three did not do it for me. Episode four was uh, definitely a hit or miss. I will talk more, uh, you know, I've got to put a pause on this right now, but I'll come back and, and, and maybe delve into episode two more deeply, but, or maybe not. I don't know. This might be it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was not expecting to really go off into uh, talking about the Grammys or Lucasfilm or Disney. That was not my original intention, but sometimes you just, you know, that that's that was what, what came up to mind when I was thinking about the directions that everything's going. Is there going to be a major cleanup at the Mouse House? I don't know, but uh, I think a lot of people are rooting for some kind of major change. I think the problems are not necessarily that you need more new people in leadership. I think the problems are you need to look at your leadership all across the board uh, in, on every front from the parks to consumer products to animation to live action. You need to look at everybody. And if I, if I were Bob Iger, I would bring everybody into a room and say, listen, this is not working. We keep getting over and over feedback by way of people being uninterested in what we're offering that this is not working, not through direct messaging. I would certainly not pay attention to anything that is said on social media because social media does not even represent a percentage of the population. So social media would not be the place that I would be going to. Regular media. Would not be the place that I would be going to either because they're completely captured uh, by some weird agenda that they're going through. It used to be that at least it seems for a time, a period of time in, in our existence as a nation, that the media what, attempted to be as unbiased as they could and they just tried to report things as they were. That is definitely no longer the case. And, you know, we're in a very divided society when it comes to m- a multitude of things. But <clears throat> so if I were Bob Iger, I would not look at regular media. I would not look at social media. I wouldn't to look at the numbers, you know, w- are people coming to the park? Yes or no. Yes. Are people purchasing things at the park? No. Okay. Why not? Are they buying food? No. Are they buying products? No. Are they coming to simply to enjoy the nostalgic attractions that we have? Yes. Are are they getting upset whenever we shut down a legacy attraction? Yes. Is that the right move to make? No. What's our streaming service look like? Okay, we're not making any money off that. We're not getting any growth. And what are the viewership numbers like? Okay, a ton of stuff that we put out hasn't even hit the top 10 of the Nielsen's rating. That's a problem. What do our movies look like all across the board? Not a single one of them has hit a billion dollars. We are consistently locked out of China and other other properties. Why? like what are we lacking in our storytelling, or what are we putting into our storytelling that is keeping us from being universal and having universal themes that any society can look at and, uh, and enjoy. So, I mean, also what's the service like at our various locations from dining to, you know, hospitality, to staying at at properties, like what's all that look like? You know, what does the Disney cruise look like? I would look at the entire thing, bring in all those leaders and make them account for the numbers of what's going on. What's happening? What's different? What's working? What's not working? Can some of this be blamed on the economy? Can some of it be blamed on COVID? Can some of it be be blamed on on, uh, government policies? You know, maybe, yes, no. Also, we're a company that is an entertainment company and a blue sky company. Should we be engaging in politics? Should we be engaging in culture? no no we should not that is not our job we're essentially we're a widget company we should be making widgets and in this case we should not be alienating anybody or any group we should rather be uh what's the word um uh i forgot what the term was but basically we should be neutral on all fronts so Whoever you are, whatever you are, come and enjoy the parks. Whoever you are, whatever you are, come and enjoy our media. Come and enjoy our food. Come and enjoy staying with us. You will not hear a positive or negative, an endorsement or a or a uh, detraction from from any of the the basic uh, uh, walks of life in our society. And the only things that we will have strong opinions about. Are things that are universally acknowledged as harmful. So, hurting children—you know, any any type of behavior that is uh, that is geared towards hurting children—that stuff maybe we will have uh, some kind of point of view on. Uh, and maybe instead of instead of rattling sabers or or making declarations, we'll do it with our money. And what will we do? We will, um, uh, uh, give money to various organizations, you know, uh, for, uh, homeless children, for, uh, women that are fleeing, you know, uh, bad lives, you know, like battered women and children, uh, f- for sex trafficking, you know, like we'll donate to those things to, to help fight those things. And we won't be all crazy declarative about it but we will just get it done and make it happen. If I think if Bob Iger comes in and brings all those people together and declares things like that and says, look, this is the direction that we're going and And our job is to tell compelling, fun, meaningful stories, not give messages, you know, messages will be wrapped in, in the story. If you're telling the the story of the hero's journey, there'll be a message there there will be a message about family there'll be a message about love there'll be a message about betrayal and sacrifice and victory and defeat and you know all that and you'll leave it up to the viewer to decide you know what the point of view was who who was right who was wrong and did they get it done in the right way or the wrong way like those are fun great debates to have You don't want to be a uh, company that is known for activism when you should be known for um, entertainment and blue sky. So there you go. All right. So completely off the rails as to what I was going to talk about originally, but I hope that you enjoyed this. Uh, Please, uh, if you Uh, If you can go to Apple Podcasts and write a review and uh, throw some stars my way, they would be much appreciated. If you can share this with other people, uh, you know, share the link, that would be much appreciated as well. Thank you guys for letting me uh, show up every week and do this. Um, It's definitely a good mind cleanser, (laughs) and I hope it's entertaining for you. Agree, disagree, please let me know. Uh, again, that would be much appreciated. Please follow me at a hispanard. I'm literally on everything. Follow would also be much appreciated. Thank you guys so much. I love you. And I will leave you as I always do drink your vitamins, (laughs) drink your water, take your vitamins and eat your vegetables. You can drink your vitamins too, depending on, uh, you know, how you do it. But anyway, thank you guys again. Love you. I'll talk to you later. Bye.